Hey, Indu. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Great. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know, it's a beautiful fall day here in St. Louis. Uh, are you getting ready for the holidays, Thanksgiving and such coming up? I am. and uh, excited to actually be traveling to Florida for Christmas. So um, looking forward to warm weather and shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> Very nice. Are you going to anywhere where Ian hit? Uh, I am actually. My oh, we're visiting my mother-in-law, and she lives in Fort Myers, So, but very inland. Okay, she's okay, though, everything? Yeah, everything is fine uh, with her. Um, so wanting to spend some time with her and make sure. Yeah, speaking of Ian, that's, uh, I guess, it somewhat connects to this episode. So we're going to be talking about uh, prioritizing our environmental work. Um, so you ready for the conversation? Sure. Let's go. This is Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. I'm your host, Brian Reardon, and my guest from CHA is Indu Spugnardi. She is the Director of Advocacy and Resource Development with the Catholic Health Association. Hello again, Indu. Hello. And in a moment, we're going to bring in Gary Cohn. He's president of Healthcare Without Harm. I'll formally introduce him in a few minutes. But Indu, I wanted to kind of talk to you first about the issue of the environment and how much uh, CHA has been done around that. I was going back and looking at the the podcast that we've done. We've done uh, episodes on healthcare's role, Catholic healthcare in particular's role in protecting the environment. We've done an episode on environmental justice. We've also done different episodes on you know food and water as it relates to social determinants of health, which obviously connects back to the environment, uh, disaster recovery. So we, we've covered this topic quite a bit, but I think there's a lot more we could be covering. And so that's why, again, we're, we're coming back to this topic because really it is, it's so important for our members. I agree, Brian. And also, you know, there is a an urgency aspect to this issue. Um, we're reaching a tipping point in terms of um, climate change and global warming and um, the destruction of nature. So I feel like it's not something that we can ever step back and and rest on our laurels. We have to keep pushing for a deep transformational change that puts us on a path to sustainability. So it's going to continue to be an issue for us, and it has to be a priority issue. Yeah, and it's so tied to healthcare and our work around health equity. So uh, recently, uh, a few weeks back, we celebrated the season of creation. Can you give us a little background on on that event, how it relates to uh, Catholic healthcare and our members? Sure. Um, the season of creation is a period from September 1st to October 4th. That brings together the entire Christian community worldwide to pray and to take action for care of the environment. Uh, It's a time to renew our relationship with the creator and with creation and to recognize that all of us are part of nature and not apart from it. And that it's a gift to be cherished and that we need to take action to protect it. So the season of creation was established by the Ecumenical Patriarch and the World Council of Churches. But Pope Francis actually made season of creation official for the Catholic Church in 2015. And that was the same year that he published the encyclical Laudato Si on care for our common home. Uh, Season of creation aligns with the call in Laudato Si, which is to recognize that we need to re-examine and set right humanity's broken relationship with creation. Um, This calls for reflection and action on how our society works and how we move from social and economic models that thrive on waste and overconsumption and the pursuit of profit to one based on justice, solidarity, and stewardship. And the connection with healthcare is, you know, when we uh, destroy the environment, when we don't have clean air, clean water, we don't have a healthy community. So there's a very direct tie between the work of 
or the teachings in the Catholic Church and this tie between between the environment and Catholic healthcare. Yeah, and I know during season of creation, as we we had meetings about that, you really talked about integral ecology and and how important that is. And the reason I wanted to bring up seasons of creation, even though it's it's past, is we really have to just think about this issue year round. I mean, obviously Earth Day is another time of year where people have, they have a lot of focus on. Uh, you know, what we need to do to protect the environment and the work we can do to become more environmentally friendly, uh, you know, provide sustainability. But I think Season of Creation kind of put a spotlight on that. Uh, The other thing you did that I wanted to just touch briefly on was you had a really great webinar on the Laudato Si Action Platform. You mentioned Laudato Si, the encyclical of Pope Francis from 2015. But what's the Action Platform all about? Well, the Action Platform is an initiative coordinated by the Vatican to move the global church to take urgent action on the ecological crisis. And it was launched last year in recognition that we aren't achieving the kind of goals that we need to keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius and to protect nature. So uh, the Pope asked for this initiative to help put the concepts of Laudato Si into concrete action. The call is targeted to seven sectors of the church, including Catholic healthcare. Um, Participants are asked to commit to a seven-year journey where they'll work on seven goals grounded in the concepts of Laudato Si. So in other words, the goals don't simply call for technical solutions, while those are very important, but they call for integrated actions that consider the ethical, social, and economic roots of the crisis. Participants are asked to complete a reflection process that will help them see how their values align with those of the initiatives. And they'll also be asked to create a Laudato Si action plan that shows actions they will take around the goals. And Brian, I wanna say that CHA members that are participating in this are finding that they're already taking lots of actions on several of these goals. But that being part of the initiative really helps align environmental sustainability works with the Catholic identity and mission of the organization. And they're also finding that the initiative also helps them uh, explain how environmental sustainability supports other priority initiatives, such as addressing health equity and improving community health. So there's a lot more information. The web uh, the webinars are actually posted on our website. So would encourage folks to take a look and take a listen to learn more. Yeah, no, and thanks for mentioning the website. Um, and you can find a lot of resources uh, around the work of CHA and our members uh, if you just go to our chausa.org. There's a focus area tab at the top. Click on the environment, and that'll take you to a lot of good resources, including uh, the reflections we did for seasons of creation, which are season of creation, which uh, can be used year round. They're really those are, are very good reflections, audio reflections. Indu, thanks for that update. Um, let's now bring in uh, Gary Cohen. As I mentioned earlier, Gary is president of Healthcare Without Harm. Gary, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Brian. So first, I guess, uh, what is Healthcare Without Harm? Healthcare Without Harm has been working over the last 25 years to help the healthcare sector address its environmental footprint, which is significant, to help them become broader anchors for community resilience and sustainability, and to become advocates for environmental health and justice in policy and practice around the world. And we think of healthcare, um, you know, as again a healing presence in communities across the U.S. and around the world. I don't think we realize that in providing care, particularly you know, in large medical centers that provide acute care, perform surgeries, they contribute, unfortunately, a lot to uh, 
global warming to, uh, you know, the climate crisis that we're facing. Can you talk a little bit about that? So uh, Healthcare of the Home did an analysis a few years ago that, that found that the global healthcare system was responsible for about four and a half percent of greenhouse gas emissions. To put that in perspective, that's the equivalent annual emissions of over 500 coal-fired power plants. Wow. In the United States, U.S. healthcare is responsible for almost 10% of greenhouse gas emissions in the country. So given that it is the one sector of our economy that has healing as its mission, that is underpinned by an ethical mandate to first do no harm, um, it's ironic and it's, it's, it's outside of their mission to be actually polluting the very communities that they're trying to serve. Hey, Gary, do you get a sense that uh, leaders of health systems understand that and are, are trying to uh, rectify that? It's been slow for that uh, awareness to come to healthcare, uh, but given the acceleration of the climate crisis over the last several years, people are seeing it in their daily lives. Whether that's you know in with Indu's mother in Fort Myers that was destroyed in some way by Hurricane Ida, or the wildfires in California, the extreme heat that blanketed. Uh, much of America this past summer that impacted over 100 million people. It's inescapable now that the climate crisis, which we thought of as being distant in time and space, some other place, maybe it's going to affect our grandchildren. It's here and now. And so that awareness and that call to action has accelerated dramatically over the last two years. And I have to say that Catholic healthcare has stepped up in, in a very powerful leadership way to uh, to commit uh, to move toward net zero emissions, uh, to commit to uh, design more climate resilient healthcare systems, uh, to become uh, advocates for policies that are going to accelerate our transition from fossil fuels and toxic chemicals and industrial agriculture. What are some of the things you've seen, uh, and not just Catholic healthcare, but healthcare at large, uh, do to really make concrete efforts? And I, you know, I think a lot of us think, well, we're going to install solar panels on roofs. We're going to do, you know, gardens. We're going to uh, try to have LEED certified buildings. We're going to look work with our supply chains to make sure that they're, you know, sourcing things locally. But are there are there I guess examples or case studies that you could point to to say this is the way to do it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much innovation happening. In the, in the sector, there is huge investments um, in renewable energy and large uh, solar and wind projects where healthcare is co-investing with other institutions to build that grid in the country for renewable energy. There's um, lots of work happening around some things that are very specific to healthcare. So for example, there's one kind of anesthetic gas. Yep. That's 2,000 times more potent than carbon dioxide. It costs more money than the other anesthetic gases. So healthcare is moving away from, from that anesthetic gas to safer alternatives. There's big moves to move away from single-use plastics to more renewables to what's called reprocess medical devices so that we're not just throwing away something we used once, but, but re-sterilizing it and using it again. There's lots of moves now to move toward more plant-based diets in the food that we serve in our facilities and away from uh, meat, 
which is has a huge greenhouse gas uh, impact. Yeah, and I, I, you know, some of those examples I think of, and I want to go back to the anesthesia. Uh, that I think sometimes it's it's um, preferences for how, you know, maybe a physician is practiced. Do you think that we in Catholic healthcare in particular are doing enough, and what can we do to to communicate? And that's I think a, a challenge is really getting that information down and not making it because unfortunately this topic can get very political and polarizing. Um, and you don't want to, you know, necessarily, I, but maybe you do. I don't know. I, I want you to weigh in on that. You know, there's there's sort of the fear factors. Is that this is really dire as as Indy was talking about earlier. Uh, so you want to give that sense of urgency, but you also want to have people be receptive to the message. And so I'm thinking of, you know, decision makers within our facilities, particularly physicians, that may say, you know, I, this is the, you know, the type of gas that I've always used in surgery. Um, maybe a, a, a plant manager who's like, you know, we've, we've used this vendor. We've, we've got a good trusting relationship with them. Is there a way to effectively communicate how dire things are and the need to really take action? Uh, and is there sort of a sweet spot in, in how you communicate that with, with healthcare leaders? It's a great question, Brian. I, I think there, it's a balancing act. On the one hand, we need to express the urgency that Indu talked about, that we don't have a lot of time to turn this around. We have to really accelerate our work to, to kick our addiction to fossil fuels. Um, so what we realize, though, is that we have to change the narrative. So as long as people think of, of climate as something that's affecting somebody somewhere else, affecting polar bears mm-hmm. on melting ice caps, um, you know, causing receding glaciers, not having it be connected to their daily lives, uh, we're not going to win this. But but I think that health professionals, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, others, who can help people understand that this is fundamentally about their health, about their family's health, their community's health. It is the thing that is most inspiring to people, and it want, it gets them to act. And the other side of the equation is for us to show positive examples, to, po- to show solutions. The, 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 the exciting thing is that there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of innovation happening all across healthcare, not just in this country, but around the world to change pathways of care, to uh, change our purchasing practices. One of the things we've learned in our analysis over the years is that over 70% of the climate footprint of healthcare is in the stuff we buy. It's in the supply chain and it's in our investments in fossil fuel companies. So we are making changes to to transform the supply chain and to create innovation for low carbon, toxic-free products and technologies. And the power that Catholic healthcare has, but the broader set of healthcare institutions have is in their purchasing. So one of the things that we're doing at Healthcare at Harm is designing standards together with all the different systems to say, what are the processing technologies that we have that are going to help us reduce our climate footprint, our toxics footprint, and then getting that collective message out to the suppliers to say, we run a reward companies that are innovating for a climate stress planet. We will give you contracts. And so that's a very important role that we haven't yet really leveraged together. But if you get 
Ascension, Providence, Common Spirit, SSM, Bon Secours, Ad Kaiser and some of the academic medical centers, you get them all together and demanding the same kinds of products, the market will be transformed. And the last question I want to ask before we bring Indu back into the conversation is we, uh, not just Catholic healthcare, but healthcare again across the country, really facing some dire financial uh, straits uh, this year uh, coming out of the, the pandemic. Um, so what would you say to people to say, you know, now is not the time to make in investments in some of these initiatives that you've outlined? Um, what's, I guess, the economic reason for, again, meeting the moment, uh, addressing the urgency of the situation and, and making investments? You know, the thing that's that's been very encouraging is that most of the interventions and innovations that that we have supported and healthcare organizations are implementing around the country saves them money. Some of them are immediate within a year or two, and some of them are are a little bit longer term, maybe seven or eight years. But almost all of them are saving them money. Plus, we're we're also seeing that if we can do more of the upstream interventions in the communities we serve around providing food, around helping address the, the toxicity and energy and efficiency of people's homes, um, that we can actually reduce the incidence of disease, reduce the healthcare utilization, and also save money. So there's a there's there's an economic case, there's a climate case, there's a social uh, and, uh, equity case to all of these measures. It's about multi-solving together. And Indu, I want to I want to bring you back in because what Gary just said. The two words that came to mind were integral ecology. You've talked about that in reference to uh, Pope Francis's encyclical. Um, can you can you kind of reflect on what Gary just said? I think Gary hit the nail on the head. This is not just an issue of technical solutions, but looking at the root causes of um, the ecological crisis. And it's this, um, they're ethical, they're social, they're economic. And we just need to understand that though we might be facing financial pressures now, uh, work on the environment is going to position us to be able to live our mission more fully. We'll be making our communities healthier. We'll be addressing health uh, equity issues. So um, I think it's important to sometimes step back and really see the interconnectedness of environment with all these other issues that are really important to us as um, mission-driven organizations and as healthcare providers. Oh, thanks, Hindu. Gary, I guess the last question for you would be, uh, tell us a little bit about how we can get more information about Healthcare with Harm. Do you have a, a website and any resources you want to highlight? We have enormous amount of resources uh, at uh, www.noharm.org. There's resources on how hospitals can build green teams, how they can measure their climate footprint, how they can transform their food purchasing practices, how they can move away from single-use plastics, um, you know, there's so many resources. And the good news is that there's a whole ecosystem of actors now, not just across Catholic healthcare, which is also wonderful, but across the whole sector, there's not competition around this issue. It's not about market share. It's about working together to solve these problems together. You know, I, I think we've, we've, we've seen a kind of a a disjointed approach saying, oh, well, we're concerned with health equity. We're concerned with sustainability. We're, we're concerned with healthcare access. And what we see is that 
We have to solve these issues together. Gary Cohen, he is president of Healthcare Without Harm, coming to us from Boston via Zoom. Gary, thanks for your time and your insights. Thanks so much. And Indu Spignardi, she's Director of Advocacy and Resource Development at the Catholic Health Association. Indu, thanks for your leadership on this topic. And good to talk with you. Thanks, Brian. Good to talk to you, too. And this has been another episode of Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. Again, I'm your host, Brian Reardon. Our producer is Josh Matica, and our engineer is Brian Hartman from Clayton Studios in St. Louis, Missouri. You can find Health Calls wherever you find podcasts, on your apps or online. And as always, you can also download the podcast and related materials at chausa.org backslash podcast. Thanks for listening.